0: Welcome, everybody, back into the CC Podcast. It is Wednesday, May 3rd. Werby, to those who celebrate, happy Werby to you. Uh, we're back in the saddle uh, as we get ready for Derby this weekend. Mike Rutherford here in Louisville, Kentucky. Danny Snard, in, I think you're in Columbus. Where are you, Dan? Yep,
1: I'm in Columbus, and I'm not going to lie. It's a This is like the, the hardest week to be here, knowing what's going on back home. Um, like, moving away, I've got, I, you know, I miss it. But I've somewhat gotten over it. But this is this is the one week where I'm, like, you know, getting online and seeing everyone at, you know, dawn at the downs and, and heading out to the track on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And it's tough.
0: Yeah, we're going out to the track tomorrow, uh, which I'm excited about. We're going to party tonight, party Friday, and then having a derby party on Saturday. So it's it's – festivities are in full gear oh wow uh, full a, swing,
1: jam-packed rutherford next four days here
0: yeah we were, we're doing it up big, big a little bit we'll see how it goes i'm uh, very excited about it but louisville misses you for sure you have been back i mean i've seen you since the last podcast you've been in town twice um you were in town last weekend we had a went to a little party together had a good time there and then we did play valhalla a couple weeks ago which we have to talk about uh you parred the first hole, I and, did, uh... <laughs> and then then the rest
1: of the round happened. Um, I did not beat you and score, which uh, again, cut you coming off like a month and or a year and a half layoff is is a pretty tough pill to swallow. Um, I think we both agreed, like we, I think we both wish we would have played a lo- you know better. Um, yeah. But besides that, like it was awesome. I mean, the course couldn't be in, in better shape. Everyone there was awesome. Um, you know, I uh, got to play with Greer. That was like my first time hanging out with him, and he couldn't have been nicer. Um, but yeah, I'm like. I, I kind of wish it was – you know how, like, once you get to, like, July and August, you got, like, a bunch of rounds under your belt? I'm already making excuses here. <laughs> 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 like, God, it, it probably wouldn't have made that big of a difference. But, God, my irons were so bad that day. Uh, but, yeah, it was a good time.
0: We did both beat Greer, which is, is all that matters. Uh, we, we are definitively better at golf than Jeff Greer. But, yeah, I – I didn't play that well. I know you, you your putter was a little bit off early on too. You left some strokes out there, but it was so it was so much fun. The changes that they're making to that course for um, the PGA, which is now almost just a year away, uh, next May, is they're going to be fantastic. They already were very cool, And, and yeah, you and I have been a lot of places where it feels like we don't really belong there uh that was probably that was top tier as far as like, like being there with all the the real media and talking to the director of the pga championship oh, and, like and all that behind, good stuff yeah.
1: yeah like i'm sitting behind pat 40 as he's asking questions <laughs> i was like has anyone been more out of place in a moment than me right here uh but no the, well the best part about that like we did feel out of place but like Geez, like it, it's like one of those places like it didn't feel like stuffy at all. It was like super nice. And yeah, everyone was welcoming and shout out to our caddy Wim Darden. Um, yeah, so that was that was awesome. But uh, yeah, I hope it's not the last time I play, um, but it was a fantastic experience.
0: We did. We played the Masters theme as we drove up the the road uh, in the in the gate, which <laughs> was appropriate. And then as we were leaving, we both were just kind of like, "Let's take it all in." We're not sure if we're ever going to be back here. Uh, but it was. I really wanted you to ask a question during the media session. I wanted you to ask like a a very hard hitting because most of the questions that were there were were pretty straightforward. You know, they're asking about you know changes to the course. What would you like the score to be? Are um, you you know what's different this year than the last time you hosted the event 10 years later. I really wanted you to be like Danny Sennard, CC podcast, Uh, (laughs) the recent gun violence in Louisville, Uh, just something very controversial to make them feel awkward. With with
1: Jansen's run on the senior tour lately, is there any chance that he receives a special invite to this? um, Given his history at the course, (laughs) I, I mean, I believe me like, thinking about it without being there i was like this would be fun and then like once i got inside i was like there's not a chance i'm asking a question (laughs) um (laughs) but it was uh no it was good it was interesting and like i'm like already it's a year out and i couldn't be more pumped for the event like it's gonna be awesome like the changes they made on 13 like the island hole like the whole look of it is incredible i think it'll really come through on tv and um, like golf's in like an awesome spot right now. There's so many guys that are good, so I think it'll be awesome.
0: I could not have fucked up the island hole worse too. and so <laughs> it, it, it weighs on me to this moment. You had a great shot. your second shot like barely cleared the rocks and got on the green. Like I had a decent drive. I kind of like shanked my second, but i I missed it so badly that it ended up short of the water. so I had like an easy I don't know, like like sixty yards into the green. And then I just duffed it right in the water in front of all the workers. It was terrible. Uh, I did get up and down from the drop zone to make six, but like it was just, you know, you want to play that hole. It's the signature hole. You want to play it well. And I could not have fucked it up worse. It was terrible. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's definitely, I think we both have some, some some shots out there that we like totally (laughs) regret. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a beast. There, there, even some shots I thought I hit good. I was like, oh, okay. I guess this is why they play majors here. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was awesome though.
0: Yeah, but shout out to Wim. Shout out to uh, everybody there. It was a fantastic time. Um, we'd love to be back. Have us have us back next year, guys. Uh, it'll yeah, it'll be fantastic. It'll be live terrific. pod. Uh, live real, pod. Real, real real quick before we get into the the topics of the day, I, I want to make make a note because we are now officially split from Vox slash SB Nation. It's why it's the CC podcast now. Um, there are more opportunities for advertising than there used to be. Everything used to have to go through SBN. Uh, we now are kind of out on our own here. So if you are interested in potentially, uh, you know, having some ad reads done on the podcast or sponsoring the podcast, hit me up directly. Uh, you can find me on, on Twitter, find me on you know, the website, contact me via email, Mike Ruth five at AOL.com. Uh, however you want to get involved, uh, new opportunities are out, out there. We'd love to have you on board. Should be a good time. Um, we have a lot to get to because you know, the last podcast we did, we basically were just remembering the 2013 national championship. So uh, a lot has happened on both the football front, the men's basketball front and the women's basketball front. And we're going to kind of run through stuff today and then also talk a little bit at the end about uh, derby this weekend, but we'll start. How about we start with football? Because I think that's the, the sport that has the people the most happy right now. Now, I think, uh, you know, you're seeing what Jeff Braum is doing. And it's not just locally. Uh, There was a ESPN roundtable discussion yesterday on their their insider section with all their college football riders talking about the teams in the spring transfer portal. Uh, One of them said that Storm Duck, Storm fucking Duck, greatest name in college football history, uh, was the biggest addition of the spring. The second question was who's had the best spring when it comes to transfer portal additions. And two different riders, two of the four, said Louisville. Jeff Brom has now added 20 players uh, from the transfer portal. He's still killing it on in, in traditional recruiting, landed the highest-ranked player from the state of Kentucky in the 2024 class. Uh, spring football seemed to go very well. No no key injuries there. The spring game was a success. It just feels like, I mean, uh, we were excited about this when the hire happened five months ago, but Jeff Brom, to his credit, has only done more to get the enthusiasm really, really going for this this, this 2023 football season.
1: What's funny is like when we hired Jeff, I guess I didn't even like I didn't think about recruiting as much. Um, I just was very excited about, obviously, you know, his coaching background, his offensive philosophy that he was going to bring. And I thought of him more as like plug his type of guys in there and we'll be able to compete with anyone. Um, Not that I didn't think he could recruit, but I I guess at the time it was kind of secondary. But now that we have all these guys on board, geez, I mean, like, you don't want to raise expectations like absolutely through the roof year one. It's not fair to a coach. I mean, these guys still have to mesh together. You know, football is obviously a team sport, um, but it's hard not to be excited. I mean, he's doing everything that any fan base could want, especially one that just seemed like, I don't want to say that we were down in the doldrums because we had a a decent year last year, but it seemed like we just had a very low ceiling. And that ceiling has just been absolutely blown up. Um, I I couldn't be more excited. I think the fan base feels the same way. I expect absolutely large crowds, hostile environments. uh, And, yeah, Georgia Tech week one, I'm already counting the days. It's going to be incredible.
0: I was – are you ready for a little scoop session? A little scoop oh, session yeah. in, on the podcast this is why you listen to the pod. Uh, I was talking to somebody this week who, who would know uh, about the spring and about Jeff and his thought process right now, and he was basically saying, one, Jeff thinks that he, you know, the, the roster is good. He, he likes the roster that he has right now, but he was like, with NIL... And with the momentum that we have right now, he's like, I expect this to be my least talented roster. Like, he's like, I think it's only going to get better. That this is what Jeff is thinking right now, which you know gave me an erection the size of North Dakota. Just <laughs> I was very, very excited about it. If we can build on what we're doing right now and bring better players in here, then I mean, this is also coinciding with the playoff expanding to twelve teams next year. You know, imagine just just think for a second, LN Stadium, formerly Cardinal Stadium hosting a playoff game in, in a couple of years. Just you know, the, the goosebumps are already just talking about it. They're already popping up, but he was saying he thinks that this team, even though he thinks the talent's going to get better is as talented as his most talented Purdue team. So that's, that's good news. He was talking about the quarterbacks. I, I think the sense there is Jack Plummer is good enough. Like, like he's, he's solid enough to be able to lead this team to, you know, seven, eight, nine win season, hopefully more, if that could happen. Um, the, the, the quarterbacks behind him, they're like Brock is Brock. You know, he, he's a, he's the quintessential backup. He's going to win a game for you if the defense plays well enough. He's not probably going to be able to win a shootout, but you know what you're getting with Brock Doman and Evan Conley. I think there's there's certainly some excitement for Pierce Clarkson, but there's definitely concern about his size. Um, the, the staff really likes the quarterback that's coming in next year that they already have locked in. The what, what surprised me maybe more than anything was how excited everybody seems to be about the running backs and, and what I'm told, how excited Jeff Braum is for the running backs. They're like, Jawar Jordan may have been the best player the entire spring. Him, Turner, Isaac Grendo, a couple of the other newcomers, like they feel really, really good about the running backs this year. They like the wide receivers. They saw what they were expecting to see from Jamari Thrash. Kevin Coleman is a, is a huge, big play potential guy. Um, and then the offensive line... There are three guys that they feel really good about. They needed to go out and get some some plug-and-play guys, and they've done that. They've, they've, they've landed three offensive linemen in the transfer portal, so they've addressed those needs. Defensively, I think that there was, I guess, a little bit of concern about this the returning guys being able to adjust to the new system. I think they feel very confident about the, the defensive line. I think they feel less confident about the linebackers. It's another spot where they needed to go out and get transfer portal players to upgrade. The secondary, they liked a couple of the guys, a few of the guys that, that, that were coming back. I think you can probably guess who. But they also needed to upgrade there. They've done that significantly. They just landed uh, you know, you know, Storm Duck. They landed uh, the another all-ACC player. They landed Marcus Washington from Georgia, who's a former Top 100 player. Um, like, like They are they're doing what they need to do to to give that defense the best chance of thriving. But I was just, I I was really encouraged by what I heard. I think that they, they believe this is going to be a good season, but there's also this quiet belief that like, this is just like the start is going to be slow compared to where they expect to be two, three, four, five years down the line, which makes me very excited. I think the key word you said
1: there was quiet belief. And that's why I like what's going on so much. Like, I'm not saying that, I mean, Scott Satterfield, did he get on my nerves sometime? Yes. I'm not saying he went around, you know, making expectations that they were going to win 10 wins or anything like that. But with him, it just seemed, God, it was a lot of hype videos, a lot of, you know, loving on your guys. Like I, like more like feel good stuff where, you know, I know that the saying for, it's supposed to be for uh, in reference to the basketball coaches moving in silence. Um, but it really seems that's kind of like what the football staff is doing right now, and I couldn't love it more. They're not really putting a a win number out there or anything like that for the fans. They're just doing what they need to do, recruiting. Um, I, I think Jeff, it sounds like he runs a pretty tight ship there, so I am very excited about that. But when you talk about the depth, I mean, it was just two years ago. I mean, remember the Air Force game, uh, the bowl game, when basically we like ran out of defense backs. Like it, we have completely done. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Some of the guys that we might run having in, or might be running on like the two and three deep teams here, just uh, from a flip from two years ago to what we have now. Uh, he could not have utilized the portal any better. Now, will there be, you know, possibly deflections later on? Some guys might not be happy. That's going to happen with any program, especially successful programs. You just see it. And, you know, it's it's almost like, I mean, geez, you see what's going on in college football. It's almost run like the NFL now. So um, you just kind of have to expect it. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. Um and I guess when, when injuries happen, when deflect you know defections or transfers happen, I'm not gonna get in an absolute tizzy maybe like I did a year or two ago.
0: I love that you caught yourself on the second deflections. Yeah, I know. Was- I, I was like, we're going to let it go. Everybody knows what he means. There are certain words again, in the vocabulary that I struggle
1: with. And, uh, yeah, so we're just uh, – I, I try to, like, casually say them, like it's, like, another word. And I'm like, did they
0: pick up on that? <laughs> uh, we, we also have, in addition to the excitement when it comes to transfer portal editions and, and what we saw a little bit of uh, from the spring, they unveiled the new field design this huh. week oh my god uh, I, I mean we both just did that at the same time <laughs> kind of gross but okay uh we the heisman bird is back at midfield they've got the like the freedom hall lettering in the end zones where it's it's the the black background the white lettering with the red trim. uh it does it looks like the sidelines that we have currently at the kfcm center which is gorgeous um I mean I th- this is gonna look awesome it's the first time we've had a, a turf upgrade since 2013. Um, I think you always kind of like you get used to it, and then you don't feel like you need the upgrade. And then when you see, I remember when the, they they unveiled the the new turf in 2013. I think it was before Charlie's last year. Like the colors just pop more. You realize how much you needed that upgrade. Like, I'm very excited to see it. It's perfect for the excitement that we have around the program right now with Jeff being back. Uh, it's a it, it's a bonerific move. I'm very very pumped.
1: Very good description and shout out to the social media team. That video like could not have been more legit. That was absolutely yeah. awesome. I like showed it to my, son, I showed it to my son, Cam. He was like, does the bird actually move at midfield? I'm like, well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so, but uh we could get on that. So, um, <laughs> but the, no, I, I absolutely love the Heisman bird. Now, I mean, again, we're asking a lot here. They were someone like tweeted a pictures of like the the Charlie Strong era like home helmets like the the, the basic white with the cardinal bird that just looks so clean. Um, if we could somehow get those unis back uh, with with this stadium, and then just God, we got to work on the we got to work on the entrance video and just get that pop just right. Um, this could be an absolute big time atmosphere place to play in the ACC.
0: My only concern is that like the floor inside the KFCM Center has never looked better. We we have the old school Dunkin' Cardinal Bird. They got the Freedom <laughs> Hall it. on the sidelines, and the basketball has never been worse. So we've got we, we've got the, this fantastic uh, floor for for hoops, and the team is playing the worst basketball of any of our lifetimes. I'm worried that with the, the turf upgrade that the results are going to follow. But that's it's it's a minor concern at this point in time. We've got the the old logo back, we've got the old Freedom Hall script back, we got Jack Harlow wearing Big East era, Jeff Bra- or Brian Brom jerseys and his music videos now, it's all happening, it's all coming together, it's glorious. Um, if, if we started
1: out 0-2, do we have petition to just go back to everything, to be like, alright we're going to rip up the turf and, and, and we'll figure this out, we'll play our games at old Cardinal Stadium, um, like that, you know. The new design's not working. This happened with basketball, but no. All joking aside, um, yeah, I mean it's it's awesome. I uh, I think it's really going to come through on TV too, which is which is going to be great.
0: Yeah, I mean our first home game is a night game, Friday night game against Murray State or a Saturday night game against Murray State. If we lose that one, then like yeah, I think you gotta just rip <laughs> the turf up immediately. Like we like that's, that's <laughs> going to be it. Well-
1: yeah, Brahms out there with, like, a hammer just, like, taking the turf <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm, I am glad that we're – I do love, like – I mean, first off, we got we we have to beat Georgia Tech. And as much as I, I – I'm a little concerned people are just putting an easy W there when, like, we haven't played a game. I think it's probably going to be maybe tougher than, than we think. Yeah. Um, but I do like having a game like Murray State to kind of ring in a, more of like a festive atmosphere for, for Brahms' first game. Um, and hopefully we can jump on them early and keep it light most of the night. Um, so that'll be fun. But I mean, geez, look at this first four or five games. And then look who's looming in game six there. The Irish of Notre Dame. Uh. Wow. I mean, it could be
0: uh, it. It, ha- it has potential it does have potential. And this is the first year that the ACC has scrapped divisions and is going to a, you know, one big conference standings, 14 teams, the top two are going to play for the conference championship and every, and you never know how things are going to play out, but preseason, it looks like it's kind of Florida state and Clemson and everybody else. And Louisville doesn't have either team on their schedule this year. So I fully expect when we get deep into preview season, you're going to have some people writing about Louisville being that that long shot to play in the conference championship game, which would just be uh, incredible in Jeff's first year. But it all seems to be it's all there for us to have to to come out of the gates, really firing in Brahms first season. And I hope that it happens Uh, before we move on to to hoops here. Have you heard that the the new Jack Harlow album came out late last week? Uh, Jack Man's out. Have you listened to it yet? I ha
1: I haven't listened to it. I saw that it's out and it sounds like uh
0: people are are pretty pumped
1: as far as the uh sounds like the old Jack is back from from what I hear. Yeah. So that's good news. Um but no, I haven't got to listen to it yet.
0: Yeah, the it, it's very much a like you know how they say actors and actresses they'll, they'll do the thing where it's like I do one for them. And then I do one for me. Like they'll do one Hollywood soulless blockbuster that makes a ton of money. And then they want to do one more like challenging role for themselves to show their acting chops. Like I feel like that's kind of what Harlow's doing here. He put out the, the last album, Come on, the kids miss you was very much like centered around getting some more top 40 plays and, and some more radio hits and, and broadening his audience, which is totally fine. Uh, and then this is kind of vintage Jack Harlow wrapping his ass off. Over soul beats and, and being introspective. It's really, really good. It's a quick listen. It's only like 28 minutes, uh, but I thought it was, I think it's awesome. I love uh, where he's going. And let's not forget, I did kind of discover Jack Arlo. You did. I, I, deserve all the, I deserve all the credit in the world. First person to play him on the radio was me over at 939 the Ville. I got the receipts to back it up. I bet his success is basically my success. Uh, I pretty much in part of the posse. Um put no, him no, in the just,
1: next video, Jack. Come on, you can do it. I know it.
0: Put me in the video. Rhyme something with Rutherford. I don't know. Well, Rod might be easier to rhyme with. I don't, but uh, but very very happy. And the, the music video for the first uh, single was 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 really cool. I mean, you saw He's at uh, Mid-City Mall, which is incredible yeah. to see a rap video at Mid-City Mall all over the Highlands. Uh, Carmichael's reference is awesome. And then like after the video comes out, Matt Jones calls me. and I'm like, what, what does Matt Jones want? And he's like, I saw that you tweeted about the new Harlow video. I don't know who else to call about this. The black car that they're rapping in front of and they have a bunch of scenes in front of, he's like, that's my fucking car he's like he's like I swear to God he's like I drove that shitty Buick from Middlesbrough to Louisville when I first moved here fifteen years ago. it broke down. it's been sitting in that alley behind my house for fifteen years in that spot that's my that's my car. Um, they, they basically filmed that in my backyard I'm like that's incredible Louisville's the the the, the smallest big city in the world. And it's also, it's kind of like a subtle dig at UK, which I, which I appreciate. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. I, man, I, I, I feel like I would uh, – I know that the way the streets are built and, and, like, over in that area are different. But imagine coming home and seeing, like, a music video being filmed in your backyard. That would be a game
0: changer. It would. Um, all right, let's talk – I guess we have to. Let's talk men's basketball, which I I feel like I do this – have this this conversation every single day on the radio video and it does get tiring but people do want to know what's going on they do have have significant opinions I mean I probably get more of this e- even with football doing as well as it is it is right now and people being that excited I think people still have more questions about basketball than anything else because we're just we've never been in this spot before um, Lowell now has filled 11 of its 13 scholarship spots for next season um They're still actively recruiting that we know of for players for two spots. Mackenzie Mbaco is the big name, the the five-star recruit who became available just a few weeks ago when he, he asked out of his letter of intent at Duke. Uh, R.J. Lewis is a transfer from UMass who took a visit here. Trey White is a transfer from USC who took a visit here. And then Churchill Abbas, uh, the the player from Africa, who nobody seems to know what the hell is going on with, uh, was visiting DePaul this week. But Kenny Payne did go to to Africa to see him last month. Um, I'll start with this. I don't know... People always ask for for scoop or what are you hearing, and I just I'm choosing not to believe anything that I hear out of basketball because all of the information that comes out is either just totally bogus or a little bit wrong. Um, so I, I I just I I don't know what to believe. The good thing with football these days is like when you get these vague tweets about something good about to happen when Brady Brahms out there tweeting like implying that Storm Duck is going to commit. The commitment always happens. Like it always happens, like an hour later. Like you just, th- th- there's never any of that. And with basketball, you've got coaches kind of feeding stuff to their 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 insiders, and the, everybody's doing the vague tweet thing, and everybody's kind of implying something's going to happen, and then just nothing happens. So you, like, I don't know who to believe. I know that there's talk that like Nolan Smith had a had a lunch with some of the the media members around town, and had told them that like RJ. Luis was going to commit two Wednesdays ago and then Mackenzie and Baco was going to commit that weekend and then just, just nothing happened. So it's like, but my point is, I don't know what the hell's going on. Like we keep hearing that stuff's going to happen. Uh, Luis is going to come and Baco's going to come some other guard transfer that isn't in the portal yet was going to come. That was the big word two weeks ago. And then the only thing that's happened is a guy that nobody had ever heard of from Miami commits out of fucking nowhere. Uh, last week Danilo Yovanovich it's we're in a very very strange spot with the the roster construction there's certainly a talent upgrade there but the pieces seem to have some of the same holes that they had a year ago and I don't know I mean I, I I'm rambling here Dan what's your overall thought right now when you see what's happening on men's basketball look
1: I mean I was I was harsh on Kenny last year and rightfully so I mean we won four games I think anyone should be harsh on him but I also said I was going to give him an offseason to construct the roster the way that he wants it to um, or wants it to look like. And definitely there's been a talent upgrade. I mean, the, a top you know five class is obviously that's, that's what we want out of Kenny Payne. That's what kind of the expectations were when we hired him. Um, with that being said, and we've harped on this, and I know everyone's harped on it, I mean, in college basketball nowadays, a couple things you're going to need to win with. And it seems like the blueprint is you want experience transfer portal guards. And right now, it seems like the scholarship numbers are dwindling. And, you know, yes, we did get Sky Clark. I'm excited for him. Um, But, you know, I think everyone has the same question. What's this? end game gonna look like as far as roster construction so it's not fair i I feel like it's not fair to kenny right now even though we have no idea what's going on we're hearing this and we're hearing that until the roster is completely finalized i'm going to hold my judgment um you know if if for whatever reason we don't bring in any more guards I am probably not going to be thrilled um, just with the way uh, as far as how many ball handlers that we currently have. And I know you can say, yeah, Karan Davis, like he's a ball handler, too. You know, I I just I had my sights set on these transfer guards, you know, um, a little bit higher. And I I just I just think it's so important to this team to have some experience back there. So uh, we'll see what happens um and you know the next couple weeks months but i'm gonna hold my judgment on kenny until the roster is absolutely finalized and I, then i can think we can kind of you know give him a, a passing or failing grade
0: i think based on what you're seeing with like, like some of the players tweeting and the coaches tweeting and relatives of the coaches tweeting it sounds to me like they're like they're not going to go after the type of guard that the fan base wants them to get like they, they're they're very resolute and like yeah, these guys are guards. The guys that you're calling our forwards are guards. You got Sky Clark coming out and tweeting about Karan Davis yesterday, and how he's he's a guard, and people are going to be surprised by him. It just it all points to like we're not going to do what you want us to do, and that's not it's not everybody. There's some that's fine with the way that the, the, the roster construction is going. Um, it, it, my big concern is that we. We're we're saying the same types of things that we said last off season. There's a whole lot of like ifs, like if Sky Clark can be the guy that we thought he was going to be coming out of high school. If if the you know the the injury doesn't affect him. If you know who he was at Illinois was was because he was a true freshman being handed the keys and he wasn't ready. You know if Trenton Flowers is, is you know, even more than we expect him to be. If Mike James takes a step forward, there's not a there's not an, I know with this roster right now. And I think that if we'd landed a guy like Tyler Perry, who just picked Kansas state uh, from, from North Texas or someone of that ability, like you could, we, we could sit here and say definitively, like I know we've got two guards that can initiate the offense. I know that we've got a guard who can slide over to that point guard spot. If sky Clark gets tired or if sky Clark, Gets into foul trouble, or God forbid, if Sky Clark gets hurt, like like we've got somebody who can pick up that duties and, and run the offense. And the reality is, right now we don't. Like like we're in the exact same spot we were last year in that respect. Like L Ellis w- was the ball handling option one, two, and three last season. The offense was completely. It, it wasn't great when he was out there, but it was completely stagnant when he was off the floor last season. We had no choice but to just roll with. Him them. And it seems like we're kind of back in that spot again this year where we're like, Sky Clark needs to be all ACC good if we're going to have a shot to, to make the NCAA tournament. And you know, that that's a lot to ask of a kid who, again, was coming off of a significant injury last year and who had flashes last year, but who through 13 games had more turnovers than assists. And who, when he left the team, Illinois kind of took off without him. Um, like Like that that's that's a concern and then like, we don't we, we have so many pieces that that seem to be talent upgrades that i'm not sure how well they fit together um i i like i don't know i think dennis evans helps you immediately defensively i don't know how much he's going to help you offensively i i, I don't know trenton flowers is a reclass typically reclass kids are it, it takes them a while to, to get going Karan Davis, look, nobody knows anything about Karan Davis. He maybe he winds up being fantastic. There's just there's no way to know for sure, and I do think we're going to get Mackenzie and Baco. That's not inside information. Don't go run telling everybody that I'm reporting that because I know. I, I just think that there's too much smoke there, and the way that he's handled his visits with us being last, and you know it, it, St. John's, I'll tell you that right now, does not feel confident that they're going to get him. Kansas kind of came out of left field. Uh, he took his visit there last week. He's going to go to Indiana this weekend, and then he's going to visit us next week. I, I I think we're going to get him. I wouldn't be shocked if we don't get him just because I'm not shocked by anything that happens with men's basketball right now. But McKenzie Mbako will be a huge, huge talent upgrade. He's a traditional one-and-done, like a legit one-and-done guy. We've never had one of those at Louisville since one-and-done became a thing. I think he helps you immensely, but he doesn't feel that the big glaring weakness that we have. And it's just like when I hear people talk about, you know, this is modern college basketball now, and you don't, you don't know basketball. If you think that we need these little guards out there, it just, it all sounds like last year when, you know, certainly you and I, and a lot of other people were expressing concerns with the way the roster was. And it went quickly from we're going to get guards, trust KP, the man moves in silence, to we don't need guards, this guy can do that, and this guy can do this, and you know this is the way that Florida State plays and all this stuff. And then early in the season it became like you don't know basketball if you think that we're not going to get better and this is all going to be okay. And then you know, fast forward four months and we've, we've had the worst season in the history of the program. I expect us to be better than last year. This is a Mike Rutherford guarantee. We're going to win more than four games this season. You can take that to your bookie, write that down, put it in whatever. We're going to win more than four games this year. But if we're going to be significantly better, which is possible in this day and age for programs of Louisville stature and programs that are less than than, than Louisville is, we need to uh, – I feel like we need to, to to fix some of the same issues that we had roster-wise last year, and I'm not sure that's happening right now.
1: No, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And another thing that's similar to last year, like, you know, and again, KP, first off, I think it's weird, like, how little media he does. Um, like, coming off a of 4-28 and 28 season, I feel like you'd be like, hey, that was rock bottom. Now we're, we're on the up and up, and, you know, we're trying to get this program back to where it is. You want to get your face out. Um, and create some excitement within the program. I mean, I don't think we've have you have we heard from
0: him since the last game of the year. He um, has not spoken since the the the, the post Boston College loss in, in the ACC tournament. And that's I mean that's something that we said. Like I, I think we said it on one of the podcasts at the end of the season. Like I, I want to hear a clear message from him early on in the offseason. Like that was unacceptable. It will never happen again. And this is exactly why it's never going to happen again this is my plan this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to play moving forward and instead the only time that we've really heard him address anything big picture wise was after that bc game when brooks holton asked him about you know, his job security and potential changes to the staff and he was like floored that that that, that question was, he was like that's a terrible question you know we're the staff is great i've got a great relation like everybody trusts what we're doing right now and it just kind of blew my mind a little bit that that was his response to a four and 28 season at fucking Louisville. Uh, and, and yeah, we have not heard from him at all.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, if it's you're fair to, to us, if you're, if you're trying to gain trust in the fan base and, you know, just coming off a four and 28 season, basically it almost looks like you're hiding. Um, it's, it's working in the complete opposite direction. I mean, uh, and it, it's creating huge division within our fan bases. Uh, you know, we can tell you have your your, your KP army and then your, your KP detractors basically arguing every single day. Um, and I just think until, like you said, we hear kind of a clear message of how he thinks or what direction the program should be going and how he pictures it. Like we're just kind of left in the dark to to wonder ourselves, and um, it's tough. Like last year, I mean, same thing. Amani Bates. Like it would seem like we had a bunch of guys that we almost like penciled onto our roster. We were so confident, and then just poof, one day, like you know, the next day it's like, oh, he's not coming, and there's no visit, and that's happened numerous times this year. Which again. It might not be the worst thing in the world. I have no idea. But there's just no message to go off of. So you just keep the fans, you know, w- you know, kind of out in the wind here, guessing for themselves. So it's tough. Um, you know, I, I really hope that at some point we hear from him and the staff. But uh, it's it's hard to have trust in what they're doing if, quite frankly,
0: we have no idea what the hell they're doing right now. The reaction to the Danilo Yovanovich commitment was <laughs> – let me say this. like, I hope the kid comes here and kills it because he, you know, he's out there on social media. He's like, what's up, Louisville? I'm committed, fully committed. Here we go. And like the responses to his commitment like, had to have been just uh, – I had to have been like, oh, my god. Uh, these people are not excited to have me. And I mean on the show, on the radio show that day last Friday, like the, the reactions from the fan base that we got on the text line – were more negative and more over the top than I think they were after any game last season. Like we were losing to, you know, we're losing to like one in 10 Florida state by 35 and people were more okay with it than they were with, with the Ivanovich commitment. And it just, I think it just goes to show that you don't have like, there are a lot of people that just don't have any faith in this staff after a four and 28 season. And one thing that does blow my mind, because I, I get that we've got, factions that are on very different extremes when it comes to supporting the men's basketball program. And I get it. Like I if you are a fan who's out there right now saying, look, Kenny Payne's got a top five recruiting class coming in. He's got two spots available. We might get McKenzie and Baco. Like maybe last year was just the product of having a bunch of shithead kids that didn't know how to play for him and that didn't want to play for him. Like, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. I understand having
1: the North Carolina, by the way, but that's another
0: point. North Carolina and Arkansas and, you know, you know, uh, Arizona state, all programs besides Carolina that made the NCAA tournament last year. But like, I I understand having that mentality right now. What I don't understand is how you can't see why people might be a little bit nervous right now. Like why, you know, because we're hearing a whole lot again of this trust in KP. Like, you know, we've got two spots available. Like he knows how to build this roster. He knows we, we heard all this same shit last year when concerns were coming up and the result wound up being the worst season in the history of the program. So if you're saying like all is hunky dory, like you got to give us some, you, you have to understand why people are not going to buy that until we start actually winning games next November. If that happens, like, I, I don't understand the whole, like you don't know basketball if you're not, if you're not thrilled with what's happening right now, if you don't think we're going to be good. Well, that, that's a whole lot of people out there that don't know basketball. Cause I'll tell you right now, there's not a lot of concern from the other ACC coaches right now. I can tell you that for a fact about what Kenny Payne's doing. There's not a whole lot of fear from you know people out in the rest of the country about what Kenny Payne's doing right now. There's not a lot of respect from you know, national writers, former players uh, about what Kenny Payne's doing right now. Like, He's going to have to prove it with actual wins and losses because we heard the same shit last year, and we won four games. You have to recognize that.
1: That There's there's about – I mean, I I live on Twitter. That's where you hear a lot of the noise. There's about maybe 10 to 12 accounts that are front row of the KP Army that just seem to be louder than everyone right now. That quite frankly – I'm just going to be flat out honest – have no fucking idea what they're talking about um they basically just spew bullshit onto the internet so uh if you're one of those people you know hey you're you have every right to your opinion um but i i would say a majority or large faction of the fan base has common sense and kind of has a feel for what's going on right now um so when i see that stuff clog my timeline it's easy to just scroll on by because i know that they have no fucking clue what they're talking about but um with that being said though i mean i'm not saying what he's doing it like a top five class is a top five class like that's great but we want to compete this year and there are hurdles that you have to jump to be able to compete this year that he hasn't done
0: yeah i think that a lot of people are saying he's recruiting like he's got like this is a four or five year rebuild. Like he's got all the time in the world. Like we're going to see, you know, this guy develop and, you know, we're going after trans like, like some of the guys we've gone after the transfer portal have been freshman transfers that were six, seven projects that scored, you know, seven points per game at a bet for a bad team last year. Like you can't, it's later than you think right now. Kenny. Like I'm not even saying, I don't know what Josh Hurd's standard is. I don't know. His bars is, could be totally different than all of ours but it has to at least be at a place where it's significant improvement in year 2 or you're or you're you're gone like if you have if we win single digit games again this year or if we win 10 11 12 games this year you have to imagine that this this experiment is not going to get a third year and you can win right away in this day and age especially at a place like Louisville Kansas State had three straight losing seasons they finished last in the Big 12 two years ago Jerome Tang comes in Kills it in the portal. They're still picked to finish at the bottom of the Big Twelve. They're a three seed that damn near makes the Final Four. Iowa State won two games three years ago. A year later, they're in the Sweet Sixteen. Like the, you can flip ros- rosters entirely in this day and age. And like we have, a, as of right now, we've got an extremely young team in an era where extremely young teams are not winning at a high level. If you look at the last four Final Fours, the the four teams that have played, so you've got. You, 20 total teams, not one of them had a single true freshman starter. A true freshman has not started a Final Four game in the last four seasons. Like, yeah, I, I think that, like, 19 of them were seniors. Like, like you know, only a handful were sophomores. A lot of them were juniors. Experience is the way of the world in college basketball right now, and we don't have very much of that. I mean, Jay, even the guys that we have that, that are experienced. Like Huntley Hatfield is a junior – he was a reclassed freshman at Tennessee who played a backup role. He, you know, I feel like we didn't get to see a real, a real shot of him last year. J.J. Trainer has played sparingly his first two seasons. He's a senior. He's our most experienced guy. Mike James is a redshirt sophomore uh, who was coming off of an injury last year. There's just, like, I, I don't know, man. It, it's just, I and want to also, go into the season. Thing, yeah, it's one
1: thing to have a star next to your name or four or five stars. It's another thing that to trust that this coaching staff is going to be able to actually develop these kids and turn them into high level basketball players. And, you know, nothing from last year. Um, I mean, I know we saw some growth from JJ trainer and that was nice. Uh, but there wasn't a whole lot to go off of last year. We were bringing back, apparently the same staff. I haven't heard anything different that, you know, really (laughs) gives you a ton of confidence that, Hey, you know we're going to be able to just absolutely develop you know a lot of these kids into NBA players. I'm not saying they they will or they won't. We're just going off one season of evidence here. Um, but again, you wonder why the
0: question marks are out there, and, and these are some of the reasons. I think that's that's my biggest concern is that you know the talent last year was was certainly not. What it should be at a place like Louisville. Although you know that that meme, that graphic got passed around a ton, where like our star ratings for our, our former star rankings for our five starting players last year were the same as they were for the national title team in 2013. So it's not like you had you had what five top 100 recruits on that team last year, and they won four games. Like that's again, you hope that it was just a bunch of bad apples, and that's that's what led us here. My big concern is the lack of improvement throughout last year, I think you saw a little bit of it on offense. The defense just never got better. And we we went a full season where I still, I don't have any grasp of what a Payne's key defensive principles are. I don't know how he wants us to play. I I don't know. Like we just basically sat back and let any team do whatever they wanted to. Like if you want to play tough on ball, man to man defense, cool. Like, you're going to need to force some turnovers. You're going to need to gamble a little bit and give up something. We didn't force any turnovers last year. And so the given, if you're not going to force turnovers, you want to play kind of that. You don't have to play a pack line, but pack line principles where it's tough man to man defense. You want to force a, a tough outside shot and you want to dominate the defensive glass. We let opponents light us up from the outside every single game. And we did not dominate the defensive glass. Like, I don't know. I, I still don't know how Kenny Payne wants to defend a high ball screen. Like, does he, does he, does he want to switch everything? Does he want to ice the ball screen? Does he want a high a hard hedge? Like like we we never defended anything consistently last year, and we saw that for a full thirty two games, and, and so it's why it's it's hard for me to be like because we have an upgraded talent, we're going to be a twenty win team or better next season. Like because I just did not see that improvement last year, and hopefully. Having a full offseason, having the NCAA cloud gone, having guys that, that he feels like are his type of players is going to make all the difference in the world. But you have to understand why there's a I'll believe it when I see it mentality from a lot of people, myself definitely included. Uh, and that's where I think we are right now.
1: I think it, the last thing on this, I, again, last year was last year. I said we'd give Kenny, you know, an offseason. We'd give him year two you know i think he's done one half of the job where he's absolutely from like a freshman standpoint he's recruited well i think obviously there's still a couple more scholarships to fill here so we'll see how the roster shakes out um but it's just feeling like a lot a lot a lot has to go right for this to work out and that's just that's almost, it's usually a recipe for a disaster, in my opinion. It's like, you know, maybe they have this plan and it's going to work, but just from an outsider's perspective, uh, it, it's tough. It's tough right now. I mean, I, I, I'm glad that football is before basketball to kind of get some good vibes going is what I'm going to, you know, what I'm going to say. Not that I'm not excited for basketball because I am. I'm interested to see what it's going to look like, but, um, for this year, it seems like a lot is gonna have to go right for us to compete.
0: My, my, my big concern because I do think that we're assembling a roster to where, like, you can say definitively we're gonna know this year whether or not it's going to work. Even if we're not an NCAA tournament team, if we, if it looks better, if it looks like he's got a, a clear system in place that's going to work, uh, and we keep recruiting well for twenty twenty four, I know we we missed out on Carter Bryant, but we still are in on some of the top players in that class. Like, if we win 18, 19, 20 games, but miss the NCAA tournament, but it just looks like the guy knows what he's talking about, knows what he's doing, and we're set up to recruit well moving forward, cool, great, awesome. If if we have this 10, 11, 12, 13 win season, and a lot of the same problems from last year persist, like I don't want to hear that we, you know, we won 10 more games than last year. You don't get credit for having the worst season in, in program history, like... I think we need. We will definitively know. We'll have a roster that, that should be competitive on paper. I think we already do have a roster that should be competitive on paper. And if he can't get it done to the point where we're at least flirting with the NCAA tournament, then this is never going to work. Because the goal here is not to flirt with the NCAA tournament. It's not to make the NCAA tournament. The goal here is to win national championships. And can you imagine a coach who came in here won four games in year one and wins like 12 or 13, eventually getting to a point where he wins a national title. It'll be hard for me to do that if that's what winds up happening next year. But, uh, I suppose we'll see uh, on the quickly on the women's basketball side, the, the big news. And, uh, it's old news at this point, but I want to get your thoughts on uh, We knew we were losing a lot of players. Haley Van Lith enter, enters the transfer portal. There were rumors that she was going to go to LSU. She went ahead and pulled that trigger last week. She's going down south to play for Kim Mulkey and the reigning national champions. Um, well, I'll, I'll let you talk first. Your reaction here, how much is of a bummer is this? Yeah, I mean,
1: obviously, it's a huge bummer. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is just, uh, you know, it's cliche, but this is just the day and age of of men's and women's college basketball, and, um, you know, I I hate that, uh, I guess she's joining, even though, like, you know, LSU wasn't the team that knocked us out, but she's joining, quote-unquote, the enemy, because they're obviously going to be a contender um, and someone that, uh, the women's team is going to have to go through this year if if, if they want to win a national title. So that part's tough to swallow. But in the end, you know, if she if she didn't want to be here, then, you know, that's her decision um, ultimately. And th- there's not a whole lot we can do about it. But, you know, I don't know. Once I, I know she's great and I'm not saying that like she's she's incredible. Sometimes those things, you know, when you have a star on the team, sometimes it can be addition by subtraction. I know that the production will be hard to replace, um, but you never know. Maybe something like that brings the team together a little bit, brings the bond a little bit closer. Um, But, yeah, definitely from a basketball standpoint, it's a tough loss for sure.
0: I am, if you've listened to me here or on the show or the, the website, I think you should probably know. Like, I, I'm usually a I'm, I'm I'm pro players. Like, if you want to leave the program, I'm all for it. Like, best of luck to you. No hard feelings. Um, I'm going to be such a big man here that I'm going to talk about how little of a man I am. I, I can admit how little of a man I'm going to be when it comes to Haley Van Lith. That's how big of a man I am. Uh, I'm I'm going to be petty here. Like, I'm I'm going to be kind of a, a a hater when it comes to Haley Van Lith leaving because. One, Kim Mulkey's a monster, certifiable. Uh, she's the, she's the absolute worst. Two, you know, there was that you know, Jeff Walls came out and was like, "I'm of the belief, uh, you know, of, of the understanding that you know, she got her degree early. She wants another degree. She's going to go closer to home." That clearly was just bullshit. If it was out there, she's joining up with the reigning national champions. It feels like a ring chasing deal where she's just like, you know, she was supposed to have the the mama mentality. That was her whole thing. And said she's she's KDVL here doing the Kevin Durant thing. I don't know. I just, I don't like, like, no best of luck to her, but, like, I'm not going to be rooting for LSU. If they get knocked out of the NCAA tournament early, there's definitely going to be a very large part of me that is, you know, happy about it. I, just, I don't like the move. It feels kind of, I don't know. It just, it feels kind of crappy. Oh, no, I don't expect, I don't, I mean,
1: yeah, I don't expect anyone to be pulling for LSU or, like, quite frankly, hurt. Um, specifically um but i I can see where you know uh, transfers happen all the time i get it um you know i guess it's just where she ended up and who she ended up with has us feeling you know feeling the ick even more so but um yeah hey it is what it is at this point
0: and Jeff Walls is killing in the transfer portal as well. I mean, bringing in Jada Curry is a huge replacement for her. Um, he's landed, I think, six total players since then, including some high-caliber outside shooters. Uh, he, he's getting it done. I trust in Jeff Walls, like he for sure. I mean, the man is one of three coaches right now that's been to the last five second weekends of the NCAA tournament. He knows what he's doing. Uh, hopefully he can get it done again next year. All right, it's Derby week. Uh, we've got Werby today. Derby tomorrow, Oaks on Friday, Derby on Saturday. Like you said, it's the hardest week for a Louisvilleian to be outside the city of Louisville. Uh, where are you at in your research right now? We've, we've still got like seventy-two hours left to to hone down our Derby picks, but where are you right now? I mean, you know what I do.
1: I like I always zero in on a horse, and then like about an hour before race time, I like. I still have them, but I've like kind of moved off of them. And then I have a thousand different things where I'm betting against myself and it turns into the biggest cluster of all time. Um, as far as where I'm at my research, uh, like I'll, I'll give you the horse I'm zeroed in on. Um, and I, Jesus, please do not take advice from me. <laughs> I mean, the first time I ever got to go on radio with, with Mike and and, and Ramsey, uh, I was at the track and I was touting Whitmore. Uh, <laughs> and Whitmore ended up being a phenomenal horse at a mile. He did. Not a, not a mile and a four. So um, he finished, uh, I think, 19th or dead last, one of the two. But um yeah, I, I, I think the horse I like this year, and I don't, I don't even know if I like him to win. I just think he's going to be there in the end. It's a practical move. Um, okay. I, I like his odds. He's got distorted humor, uh, who is funny sides, uh, you know, sire in his in, on one side. He's got some Affleet Alex on the damn side. Um, so I'm, I'm drawn to both of those. And I just think he's done everything right so far. He's going to be there, I think. When they come around the final turn, it's just can he get the distance is the only question. But um, I think he's going to be
0: at least knocking on the door. I, I I hate to agree with you. A practical move, I think, is if he had a different trainer. If he's got Tim Yakimis the trainer. If he had like if he was a Brad Cox horse or a Todd Pletcher horse, I feel like he'd be closer to four to five to one. And I don't think you're gonna get 10 to 1 on actual race day um i like that horse a lot uh i I like i mean it's gonna be hard for me to move off of forte the favorite i think forte's a beast i think this could be a year to the 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 favorites going on a big run there and we, we had before i guess the authentic derby um i guess after the authentic derby the the horse kind of i wanted to get in on mage i liked mage um I know one of the owners, Damon Stinson, <laughs> who's the who runs the UFL uh, Alumni Association say, down in South getting, Florida. Is
1: it because you're getting gear? Is that why you're in?
0: Maybe, uh, <laughs> but, but like I, I I want to like Mage a lot, but watching his races, he breaks really poorly. He's also only run three times. The horse that, again, like I've got time to change this. The horse that I kind of like a lot right now, and like you, don't don't take this into the bag, Skinner. The, the, the nine horse. I really, he drew into the field after wild on ice, unfortunately had to be euthanized. Uh, I, I really, I don't know. Like I, I like the way he moves. He's a fast closer. You look for closers on this week. Uh, barely lost the Santa needed. Um, I, I, I kind of like him to be at least hit the board. That's, that's kind of my long shot pick right now. My, my sentimental pick. I've been big on angel of empire going into this week. I feel like he's getting a little bit too much love. Um, I don't know my my final picks though, but I I think I to have Skinner on the board somewhere there. I mean, probably some combination of Forte, Skinner, and then I don't know.
1: Any, I, I any shot any two. shot Kings Barn just steals it on the lead.
0: I don't think so. I, I've got to Kings Barn is going to be it's not a total toss for me, but I'm not I'm I'm not big on that horse. I'm not. Yeah. I think I think he I think he will try to wire the field. I don't think it's gonna work.
1: I might key him at the top just with like a couple other horses, just um, but I won't put him in like the second or third slots just because I think he's either win or like, you know, fifteenth or sixteenth. Um, which makes that's zero logic. Um but with that being said, um after last year, I'm so rattled when even like trying to pick a horse just because Same. Of- Rich strike just, I mean, just ruined it for me. I, I I had epicenter keyed in the one hole last year with all in second and all in third. And I was looking at just a a monster payout and for rich strike to just fucking ruin that. I think I'm God, that's gotta be the worst derby horse ever. I really hope we have a, a certified, like legit winner that goes on and does well in the Preakness and Belmont this year.
0: I'm rattled as hell from last year like, I felt like I feel like I had a good handle on the race um, like we're sitting here talking about Derby horses on on Wednesday like this time of year ago Rich strike wasn't even in the field like he yeah. got in the field late Thursday uh, and then winds up winning uh, the only the, the last horse that I did want to, want to throw in there that I like uh, I will definitely put a little bit of money on I hate the post position but verifying um, if you watch the you know in the bluegrass stakes, like he was right there with Tappet Trice, who a lot of people think is the best horse in this field. Um, there was an objection. Tyler Gaffleone thought that he got bumped a little bit. The winner stayed on top, uh, but he was right there. He was stride for stride with Tappet Trice. I think Verifying's got a good shot if he can get the the right trip, the right break, which is always a you know a big thing in this race. But I'm now, excited. Now, that, I hate... now that
1: I'm not in Louisville, is there a quote unquote backside buzz horse going on?
0: The wise guy horse. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's, there's always a wise guy horse. I thought, I've, I've been thinking of the build up the whole time it was going to be uh, Angel of Empire, but like a little too much love right now on, on Angel of Empire and the odds. I think he's the third choice, morning line, so that's not happening. I think that the, uh, the, 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 the wise guy horse this week is confidence game. And if you don't know what we're talking about, like the wise guy horse is the horse that like everyone in the backside is like, hey, you know, forget what they're saying about the favorite. Forget what they're saying about Forte. This guy, he's looked like a stud in workouts this week. The owner's talking him up. The trainer's talking him up. Like, it, it's always a horse that has between like 11 to 1 and 21 to 1 odds. And it always finishes like 11th in the actual race. Like, the wise guy horse never winds up firing. It always ends up being middle of the pack, never really in the race. It's confidence game right now, is the wise guy horse. Um, hasn't run in a long time, trained in incredibly well at Churchill Downs in recent weeks. Uh, it's, I think had a 59-second clocking for five furlongs. Like everybody, get, Keith DeSormo is a recognizable name. James Graham the Jockey is a recognizable name. I think Confidence Game is the wise guy horse, which if you're keeping track of what we're saying here, that means maybe don't feel confident in Confidence Game. Alright, good to
1: know. I'll have to uh, put that in the notes. We're having apparently, still at my son's schedule starts to work out, but we're having like This is kind of a big deal for us. We're having the soccer parents over our house for a derby watch party. Um, Oh, time to show off. Yeah, time. Oh, I mean, the derby glasses are out. Um, You know, yeah, (laughs) we are. uh, Yeah, I I feel like there's even more pressure on me because I don't know if any of these people, maybe they do. I just haven't talked to them about it, like watch horse racing. Um, so I feel like a lot of questions are going to be deferred to me when like, by no means am I an expert. So I'm going to have to kind of BS my way through
0: like the entire day, but, um,
1: no, it should be a good time. And, uh, I'm, I'm ready to lose some money.
0: I wish we had cameras on you the entire day. It's like how much shit you're just going to make up. Like, yeah, he's (laughs) a, uh, he, man of War sire, uh, come, yeah, fired a bullet on the Tuesday, uh, the, the uh... <laughs> 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 Didn't did like the way the head was bobbing at the quarter pole, but you could really see with the stride there that he was gonna he's gonna stretch out when they got into the third turn. I'm not sure if he can go three turns or four turns here in this race. I, I want to hear you just spewing bullshit <sighs> the entire day.
1: Yeah, uh, it will. Uh, it, it will be a lot of it. I promise you that.
0: Somebody on the radio show the other day texted him and brought up the – wanted to hear me tell the uh, – us seeing Reese Gaines after the 03 Derby when you told him <laughs> that he had, you had funny side story that we told the podcast. That's that's one of the better Derby stories we have.
1: Yeah. Gosh, shout out, Reese. Um, basically stumbling out of Derby. I, I think I told everyone and their mother who I betted on um, – or who I bet on, excuse me. And I just happened to uh, – right outside the gate there, see – see our guy reese i don't know if he's getting into a car or what and i was like reese reese he like looked over i was like i've been on funny side i like i've never gotten like a more perplexed look in my life from like anyone it was kind of like a like a thumbs up you'd give like a five-year-old um but yeah i appreciate him at least acknowledging us
0: he was wearing a light blue suit and he had two girls on his arm. It was impressive. What, all right, he here we go. giving a shit less most, than you had mo, at my <laughs> side.
1: Most random celeb you've seen at Derby. I got two.
0: Well, I, I know where you're going with this. I, I know it's the Matt Geiger side. Well, that's of one the of them.
1: That's one of them.
0: Um, I got it. So we randomly found these old pictures that I had, like, at my parents' house. It's, it's all from, like, that area where it's, like, late high school, early college. And I took I, – I found – this picture from the infield in, in our freshman year of college, oh four, 4 and like Mary's looking at this and she's like, who is this? And I'm like, I can't remember who this person is. I'm like, I can't. Like, I can't, I don't know who this is. Was it Eric from the real world? No, it was do you remember that, that ESPN reality show Dream oh, Job? Yes, they, yes! The girl from Dream Job who came in like third was in the infield and I, we recognized her and like I took a picture with her. That may be top, like I don't remember her name at all but like you can tell she's like embarrassed like she doesn't want to be in the picture. I'm very drunk and very excited to take a picture. But shout out to Mike Hall and, and Dream Job. Great show.
1: That was a great show. Uh yeah. God. I like I'm getting so old my memory. Like I used to like work as a valet parker out there. So I saw all types of different ones. But I'll never forget leaving after the just I think it was the Justify year where like going down the stairwell and I just like having a glance behind me. I'm like is that fucking Matt Schaub,
0: the quarterback? Like he was
1: like he was like literally <laughs> I, washed by that. I'm like, it is
0: No, dude, Schaub. no, that was after dude, that was after Breeders Cup when we all went together, you were like, That's oh, yeah. Matt Schaub, or it was. and it somebody was. somebody from some way behind us was like, Shaw And He like turned around. I was like, holy shit, it was Matt Schaub. My favorite
1: is one of our friends, uh, shout out Dembo ran into Todd McShay in the men's restroom and he walked out with toilet paper on his shoe and (laughs) Pat had to tell him, he's like, Hey, uh, Todd, you got some toilet paper on your shoe there. Um, so yeah, uh, I I enjoy That's always a a fun kind of, uh, you know, thing that happened at at Derby is to spot those random celebrities.
0: The Matt Geiger infield siding was top tier where it was like, yeah, I think that's Matt. I'm like, there's no way Matt Geiger's in the fucking infield. Like you're like, I turned around. We're like (laughs) Gagger Oh
1: man, yeah. Wonder what that man's up to nowadays.
0: Do you have a uh, Do you have a day in the dumps? Maybe Derby themed for uh, for today's (sighs) episode.
1: Um. Not really Dan the Dumps. So I just want to give a shout out to the guy that actually recognized me at Galaxy on Saturday. <laughs> um, like, I, I may have told everyone Saturday night, I was like, oh, whatever. Like, like I jokingly, I'm like, I can't even get a burger in this town without someone coming up and saying <laughs> hi to me. Um, but no, it was awesome. Like, he came up and said he was a fan of the pod. He was playing uh, uh, bar golf, which, like, it was like the he was like the third bar golf group that I would seen come through um, Nulu there, so uh, I guess I missed the boat on that one. But it looked really fun. But uh, shout out to him and his friends, and uh, appreciate you being a, a pod listener.
0: I love when your wife is telling me the story. She's like, "This guy comes over, he's like it is. Are you Dan?" And he's like, "It is Dan." To his friends, and then like, he leaves. <laughs> After he talks to you for a little bit, and you're immediately like, Kim, start looking for houses. We're moving back. It's time.
1: <laughs> I was like, Yeah, Kim, go ahead and get on Zillow. We're, we're, we're going to start looking here.
0: Every time you told the story on Saturday at the party we were at, as you got drunker and drunker, the details just got more. I mean, by the end of the night, you're like, This guy's like, Dan. I've I heard you got the biggest dick in the city. Yeah, uh, you gonna... started
1: rattling <laughs> off my high school basketball
0: stats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> heard you were a doubles machine, freshman baseball fraternity. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: well, that's actually a true story. That doubles machine. It's
0: it's not. So. The stats said otherwise. Uh, but but shout out to the people who are recognizing Dan in public now. It's 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 not going to his head at all for sure. I appreciate him. Uh, high. The, that's all we ask. It's very cool. Uh, Shots. We love the listeners. We love the, uh, the the pod fans. We love Dan Nation out there. Um, all right. So we're, we're going to try to do this more. We're certainly going to be more regular this summer than we were last summer. We've got Louisville baseball to talk about the rest of this month. Although that is uh, needs to be picked up a little bit here uh, in the coming weeks. If we're going to have an NCAA tournament run, uh, we're going to try to do it, a post derby episode next week. We'll do a. a A grab bag of questions from you guys Because we haven't done that in a while So subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already It's the best way to find out when new episodes are available Give us a nice rating, leave us a review We still are reading reviews, we don't have any new ones For this week, but uh, everyone have a fantastic Derby Go Cards, we'll talk to you guys uh, pretty soon Go Cards And practical move